Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club. Your number one stop for stellar reviews of volumes, arcs or stories that us or yourselves choose. You can find us live every Wednesday on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch and the replay on all podcast networks. Take a seat, get yourselves and your opinions ready as it's time to join the herd. But first, please put your hands together for your hosts, Shane, Phil, Scott, and Martin, as they kick off this week's discussion. Ahoy hoy, and welcome to this week's episode of the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club. It's my pick this week, and we are reading Once and Future, Volume 3, The Parliament of Magpies from 2020 by Boom Studios. And Scott is hugging his hardcover there. Uh, wait, wait, what is that, wait. the absolute edition? This is the deluxe edition. Uh, the deluxe edition. It is um, gorgeous. Can we can we just pencil something in later? I'd also like to flex a furthermore, but we'll uh, we'll tease that for later on. Absolutely. If you're showing off more of your collection, I'm up for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I am, as always, joined by my very own Knights of the Round Table. I've got Phil up here. What's up, nerds? Martin over there. Evening all. And Scott down here. Hiya, guys. Hello. How are we all doing this Wednesday evening? Good, yeah. Pretty good. Excited to talk about this. Very so am I. So this is issues 13 to 18, written, of course, by uh, Kieran Gillen. Kieran Gillen? Kieran. With Kieran art by Gillen. Dan Mora. Colours by Tamara Bonvillain. Letters by Ed Duke Shire. I'm terrible with names. Scott's the master of names. We all know this by now. Scott can just riddle them off like that, Carney. No matter how the spellings are, Scott gets it right every single time. It's as if I practice. I don't, I don't know. Like, it, it is as if you practice. <laughs> I need to start going on to Google Translate and just getting how to say the names properly. Um, let me give a quick synopsis. I am going to read off the back of the book this time because I unfortunately didn't have time to write my own. So... Volume three starts like this, with Beowulf and Grendel vanquished, Gran, Duncan and Rose return their attention to Merlin. But in their path lies a cardinal of legendary knights. As the three battle their way through new enemies, Merlin has all his pawns ready for the final play, a move on the Grail Castle to claim the prize for King Arthur and to send our world into chaos. So that's the synopsis for this book. Let me say a quick hello to everyone in the chat before we get started. We have, of course, first one in every single week. It's Liam, Funky Gibbons. Hi, ho. Hi, Liam. Thanks for joining. Um, we also have Ozzy Aaron in. I'm not going to click on his comment as he's scoring the book, so we'll save that for later. Um, Kevin is in, the one and only artist that does all the nerd herd art for this channel. He's amazing. Evening chaps. Hi, Kev. And we have a special guest in the chat. It's Amy. Hello, Amy. She says, hi, everyone. I can't wait to see what you think of my favorite book. Well, now, now we all have to score it extra high because Amy's in the chat. We can't be mean to Amy, can we? Um, <laughs> we can be mean to the book, just not DM directly. Yes, is that, is that okay? Yeah, I mean, I would prefer <laughs> that as well. <laughs> 
Okay, so, and I would prefer we come to feel last then if he's got that attitude going into volume three of this title. Let's start with Martin. <laughs> Martin, what did you think of volume three? Um, is this your first time reading? Did you have to read volumes one and two altogether or did you have a break? No, no, I've read volume one and two last time when you'd done volume two. So this was Lovely. just a one-off for me. I didn't read back. I sort of watched bits of the show from last time uh, to try and refresh my memory. But overall, I, I did enjoy this. But I did feel the previous volume was was better. Sorry. Um, I like the addition of some of the characters. I obviously love the artwork from Dan Mora, who doesn't. But overall, until the final act of this volume, I didn't feel this was as strong as the previous volume. That's fair. Scott? So good, right? Obviously, like one Stranger <laughs> is really good. Oh, I'm feeling so much pressure because Amy's watching. Okay, you have, you have, uh, to, like, that's the way no, you have to, like, I'm, I'm allowed. Amy's in the other room I'm... with a frying pan, getting ready to come running in. <laughs> if I could lock the door, I would. Um, no, the, so this book, Once in Future, has got such an awesome place in my heart. It was one of like the very first series I ever picked up when I first started reading. Um, you know, during COVID and stuff like that. And it's just the whole like Arthurian legend kind of stuff. It's just just amazing. Like I love myth, I like legends, and it's so cool. Um and yeah, it's just the fact that it keeps weaving in different stories from real stories that you know that we know in our lives. Um and I'm willing to talk about them later on. I have like uh I have um looked into them I've, I've read the background so doing that gives me a bit more appreciation into what kieran Gillen has done to weave these into the story um really good obviously the art is brilliantly on point as usual dan morris smashes it out of the back what a guy man knows how to use a pen you know um yeah and i don't want to i don't want to say too much right now because i want to talk about it all more later but um, I, you know, when we usually do a sequel Monday, we do a volume two, and it's like, right, this is the character development volume. This was this volume. This was a volume three, in my opinion. So the third volume was the character development arc, not the second volume as usual. But usually we see stories go um, in chunks of three volumes. We have the hook, we have the character development, we have the action-packed kind of ending of that arc. But I think because this story in total is only 30 issues, this is like the halfway point. So now this is a good point to set up those relationships. And then hopefully volume four and five will go more into the action pack kind of thing. Um, but yeah, we're just developing more in this, I think. But really good nonetheless. Awesome. Phil, come and then. Bring us down. <laughs> okay. So I have my score written down. So you guys have approximately what 50 um three minutes to to change my mind to <laughs> up my score um i did enjoy this but um so this whole sequels month i've been reading everything from the start again and rereadings one one and two whatever and so this is the first time i read volume three i've read volume one three times now volume two twice and this is the first time reading this Volume one is clearly the best volume of all, followed by number two, and this is the worst of the three. Um, I'm not saying it's bad, but it is the worst of the three. 
in terms of like character development, I agree to an extent. I mean, Bridget is her normal charming self. Rose mm -hmm. had a lot more to do in this book, but I actually thought Don Duncan was like pretty poor in this book. Like he was always quite wimpy in the other two volumes, but he was able to like overcome that. And remember, he, remember the second volume, he got like Excalibur and he had a ripped shirt and he's come out and to fight everyone. Like he was cool, but he wasn't in this. So he was a bit of a letdown in that respect. Um, I've mentioned before, I don't care for the Arthurian legend. It's just not something I've I've ever been interested in, in knowing. And I find myself reading this, like I was just taking it out of the story at times. Like I was reading an issue I'm putting it down and going to make a cup of tea or, you know, farting about for a, a bit. I, I didn't read this straight through. It wasn't, didn't grip me like the other volumes did. But I still liked it. And Dan Mora is, as, I mean, he's fantastic. And Tam, Tamara, Tamara Bond villain, who has the greatest name in comics, as we know. Um, just get, like, the two of them is like, it's like Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. Like, they, them two belong together. Um, they were fantastic. Um, but yeah, sorry, I mean, like, I'm not dissing the book. I do like it. It's just this is the weakest of the three. However, as Martin alluded to, the end of this book, it does get you excited for what's going to, you know, go forward. And hopefully it recaptures my my enjoyment for it. But what I will say, just to add to that, sorry, the first time I read volume one, I wasn't too enamored with it. And then I changed my mind and then he grew up yeah exactly then he grew up so now that i've read that three times maybe if i read this another two times i'll i'll change my mind yeah well Can you I... know so just so people know everyone who's watching everyone who's listening just so they're aware volume one in total we gave it 6.6 .6. volume two in total yeah unjustified like that was that, that's a crime in itself volume two we gave it 7.3. So the the series average so far is a 7. If you were listening and watching last week, you would have seen that uh, we bumped it off the top 10 leaderboard for the sequels leaderboard. Um, but we're hoping we can get it back on uh, today. Um, so, yeah, sorry. Carry on, Shane. I just want to get that in. I just wanted to ask Phil a question. So he says he's not a fan of the Arthurian legend and stuff. Like, would you prefer this book if it had been like fairy tales rather than that sort of thing? Like, had they been living fairy tales rather? Would that um, have been something more? Because like, what could this do? Like, this has to have the premise of the stories. So, what kind of stories would you would you want it to be taking on? Wrestling. <laughs> He was first Re baby faces. Hulk Hogan, Re you know. real stories now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, controversial. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know. I, I, I'll say I get you. Know, this book is told through the stories, and they become the characters or whatever, and they tell the story that way, and that's cool. I like that. But like, there's like what I know of King Arthur and Merlin is from the Disney movie The Sword and Stone, and from the the movie that came out about twenty years ago. Um, can't think of who the English actor's called. But yeah, I think you know who I'm talking about. He played King Arthur. Keir Knightley was in it. That that movie. That's all I know about King Arthur. And this kind of debunks anything I know. Like it mentions the fact that King Arthur and Merlin weren't even at the same time. Like I knew there were enemies within the refrain. Like I don't understand like what like where we're at with it. And I know you don't get you don't need to know it as such. I just feel like when it tells you things about that story, I kind of get a wee bit 
flustered maybe in my reading, gonna be a bit lost. And I've got you gotta remember this is a twist on that legend. This isn't you know, yeah. it's the same characters, but it's a twist yeah. on it. So. Yeah, and I know it's not actually telling the story, but it's just like when it tries to add some details in that are not accurate, but they're more fairly accurate to the, the story and legend. I don't I, I don't get it. That's not, that's not something I kind of uh cling on to. Um but I'm not dissing it. It's okay. But as a, as a purpose of the story, this is the worst of the three volumes. Easy. See, see I. It sounds mean to say that, but I do agree that this is the this is the lowest quality. I don't want to use the word worst. Because yeah, worst is I tough. That's a tough word. This, this isn't Klaus. Okay, this didn't drop off a cliff after volume one. <laughs> you know, this is this is a fantastic universe with great characters. This is this is the lowest quality one out of the three if you like to say it as nicely as you can but that's not saying it's bad this isn't a bad book in any way shape or form i mean obviously i mean we're going to get to the pages because we don't we're going to rush through that because it's dan mora we're all going to gush over him there's no point in dragging that out so we all know how good the art is in this book but the story itself like the idea the premise the characters they all work so well and yes i Duncan, I love Duncan. I, from volume one, I absolutely fell for the character of Duncan. I thought he was great, just thrown into this world that he knew nothing about because of his grandmother and just learning to live with it. I thought it was great. And in this volume, I felt like he was so underused and they spent more time with Rose and with Bridget and with Nimue. And, you know, I was like, yes, I know they're, they're branching out and I know this isn't called Duncan's Adventures in, you know, where, where, wherever they're from, it's called Once and Future, so it can be about any character. I get that, but I want more Duncan. I always want more Duncan in the book, and I feel like they did acknowledge why he's a bit more wimpy in this book because Bridget does say that um, when you're fighting monsters, the story allows you to be a little bit more heroic and a little bit more powerful, mm. which I thought was a nice little nod. But yeah, I, I do agree that this is the the lesser of the three. I, I will say that I think that's that's what I will. It depends what you what you want out of it. Like, I just assume you you know you guys uh, Shane, you've grown up superheroes, right? You love that. You like action, and so I feel like that's what you look for in a book, and that 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 what makes this for you lesser because there's not enough action in there. Um, I think that's only because I know what. The book can do because of volumes one and two had it started like yeah. this then i would assume that this is how the book progresses but i know that they can do so much more with volumes one and two action wise that that's right matt too like why, it's, it's not why what, why does it all have to just why is action the only like metric why can't it be you know storytelling why can't it be ability to inject real Arthurian stories into this and able to weave it into its own story. Why can't it be it can. character development? It 100% like? can, but if you start at 100 and then pull back to 10 and then push back to 50, you're juddering as a reader. You're, you're back and forth. You don't know where you're at. If you had a base level where it was, you know, it starts off with a little bit of action, then you get some story, then you get some action, then you get some story. If it's a nice flow to the story, then you're able to assess where you are in the story and what's coming next. And you get that anticipation. You get to look forward to it. You're like, right, Bridget's telling Duncan all about the story. So now we're going to get some action. And then you get the action and you're like, right, now we're going to find out a bit more about these characters. But when you just bring it to a halt 
for so much of the book i think it's it works fine in a trade but if i was reading this weekly i think like phil i would have dropped off and i would have read one issue and then waited and then read another issue and waited i don't think i would have been too excited to read this monthly as i would for the first what 12 issues the first 12 issues i think i would have been excited for the next one to come out yeah and, and as for like the action and stuff like because the, the previous volumes did give us that and we get we got some action here of course we did but like shane's saying when you expect something and you don't kind of get it to the same extent it's not again it's a bad book it's just it's not you're not having the same feelings towards it and as for like the, the storytelling the guy was getting really frustrated with the storytelling because um mary or elaine or nimwa or nimrod or whatever the feck her name is like <laughs> i just like you, you get this impression she's going to be nice and be nice with duncan and turn sides and then she doesn't turn sides and then you get the impression that the whole family dynamic is just really cold you know the fact that bridget raised her daughter shot killed her own husband or shot her husband in the in the duda and then you know like it's not that's not a family dynamic they're not going to love each other but yet she obviously curse for duncan but then does she really or she only raising duncan to do this type of thing and so th this whole thing hasn't really progressed any further because i still don't know where mary elaine and neymar are like where, where she is in it do you know what i'm trying to say like it's, she, i don't think she's one further along and that was one of the things that i quite liked about the previous volumes you know she's going to turn at some point um see if duncan or do something whatever but that just hasn't quite happened and um i don't know i just i just feel like i feel like i'm dogging on the book it's, it's not i like it it's not bad but I said there are certain, on the book yeah there's just, we'll there's just positives certain, in a sec with the art yeah, i mean then we're all just things. not gushing yeah yeah let's move on to that you're right because you can't yeah you cannot okay i do have one negative thing about the art i should say that actually <laughs> there were some scenes in the art where i was looking at thinking what is actually going on like like, like they're busting through the walls or through the windows and you just see a lot of color and it looks really good i just don't know what it is i'm looking at at times that's the only negative but it still looks pretty it's still you just said busting pretty. through the walls busting through the windows you could tell i know but like you don't see the people you just see like shapes and colors and whatever else and um but yeah, well, it does feel a little be... bit like you're dogging this book, Phil. <laughs> yeah, no, I need to say nice things. This is a lovely book, and here I'll say I'll say nice things. So I have the hardcover as well, and it's signed by Kieran Gillen. With a little, he's uh, going to come and take that back now. I'm yeah, going to come and him. I felt the pressure. Around, knock on your door and take it back off you. You don't deserve it, Phil. Not um, <laughs> my money. He doesn't care. <laughs> Um, Amy does say, as someone who loves history and loves myths and legends, someone like me will be more connected to the book. And she does agree it's not for everyone. See, that's how you, you navigate between people who love the book, like us, and then mm. people like Phil. You just say it's not for everyone. <laughs> talking Phil. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just I'm not on the same camp with you guys. That's fair. thing is, I like. I like this. Uh, I class this as fantasy. Um, because I'm not the biggest lover of fantasy. I'm more of a sci-fi guy. But to read something that is fantasy and it draw me in, I class as a bit of a win. So this does drag me in. I like this. I think the whole Knights of the Round Table uh, myth is it, it's great. I, that part of it, I don't agree with Phil on a little bit. I, I, I did enjoy this for that history side of things. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's done so well. I mean, and mm. I just, I, I still, I think I've said it before. I want the young adventures of Bridget. I really want oh, yeah. to see oh. how bad she was when she could like run and jump and kick and like That's proper in her youth. That's a spin Got to be, has it? Yeah. Um, shall we get into our pages? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, shall yeah. we? What we got? Who should we start with? I'll just go in order of who uploaded first. Should I? I'm Sorry not. about that. I just click the wrong thing. I just click what I want. Um, I'm the host. I can click what I want, Martin. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> My page first, then. So um, I pick this page. Um, you, I'm a sucker for facial expressions, and I love Nimue's facial expression in this. But not only that, the um, the Lancelot was it. It was Lancelot, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the the fact that he was like made of water. And he had like fish and seaweed and like things in him moving around. I thought it was awesome the way he moves. And then you've got Galahad, who's now a, a centaur with like rotten maggots falling out of him. Like, who comes up with this? I mean, obviously Dan Mora, but like, who comes up with this sort of thing? They just look awesome. Like this this panel down here, just the motion in that just got me. And that, that I think that's the single panel that just made me pick this page. Just awesome. Do you not think um, Lancelot looks a wee bit like Miguel O'Hara, Spider Man 2099? It looks like a Power Ranger or something, you know? It doesn't, yeah. It's like Guyver. Um, but yeah, I, 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 this was actually my pick as well. Not just the, the whole thing, the action, the, the kind of the weapons at the, at the top panel, um, the detail on that was really class, the bullets. Uh, it is a, it's a really good page, class page. Thank you. And uh, if Phil was going to pick it, that means it was a good page. See, so I, I win page picks this week. <laughs> uh, Martin's next. There he is. I've picked Lancelot. Um, <laughs> I like the simplicity look of this character, but also the what's going on inside him. Same as what you said before, Shane. I love that he's like a he's like a fishbowl. Uh, it, it's it's weird, but he does look really cool. There's there's not. Putting it in words, isn't it? It's just there is. He's got a simple look. He's all blue with different color textures of blue. But when you give that little deeper look to him, he's got more to it. And I thought he looked like a menacing character as well. It's a nice twist on the character. Dan Moore knows how to draw a character. He's quite fish-like, isn't he? Like he's got the little fins on his on the side of his legs, and he's got little I don't know web bits where his armpits are and things like that. I think that's why Phil said Miguel from Spider-Man Twenty Ninety Nine. Yeah. What the underarm? Why? Is. Why is he fish like? Uh, uh, did I miss something? Like why is he like that? I don't know. I assumed because that's where you get the sword from the lady in the lake. Nimue is the woman. Is the lady in the lake? So she maybe made him out of the energy from the sword. Mm. It's not explained, but I mean, it doesn't have to when you make a character that looks that cool. <laughs> Leave it up to the reader's imagination. They'll always come up with something <laughs> yes. better. Scott, you ready for your page? Let's go. Oh, yeah. Uh, trigger warning, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so this is like issue one. This is like page four or something like that. It's really early on. And it's like you have all the creepy magpies lining up, you know, one for one for sorrow, one for joy, two for love, three, four for a no, boy, whatever One for sorrow, two yeah. for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, yeah, five one. for... 
silver, six for gold, seven for a secret never to be told. Yeah. How do you not um, know that? Uh, because I don't know. Do you remember that? Because I, I suck. Yeah. Um, but this this was so like creepy for me. It was like, you know, at this point, Bridget had like shot four of the magpies away and there was only two left. And she's like, well, I guess it's joy then. And then the mag <laughs> one, the first magpie just rips the other magpie's throat out and just goes, sorrow. You know? I'm like, Jesus, like, there's one way to creep me out at the start of the story, honestly. And it's just still there, and there's just blood everywhere, and it just doesn't care, and it just goes, sorrow. And that's it. But man, it just freaked me out. Um, I just love Bridget's face, how she just does yeah. not care. It's just not bothering her. Like, a normal person would be like, what am I looking at? And yeah. she's just like, guess it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, that's it. Scott was this this was a really good opening to the to the story. Because like I say the page before that, there were six mm. and she shot the four. And I was like, this is madness. And then obviously this part is really freaky. Yeah. And um, yeah, good, good pick. The detail in the bird's eyes as well is fantastic. Yeah. Like the glare and the shine. Ooh, shiny. Shiny. <laughs> Phil, your page. Yeah, well, I mean. Shane picked my pick, and then Scott picked the next one. So um, I just thought I'd pick this because the facial expressions. I mean, we talk about it quite often about faces, and like Dan Morgan do a good face. Um, you know, that, that's the reason why it's here. Those three faces. Obviously, there's two people, but there's three faces. They all look really good, really detailed. But like even the background, like nice and soft. It just, you know, it's just. This, this might sound weird. The reason why I actually quite like this page, because see the gun, when you're looking at the gun from this perspective, it just looks really symmetrical and straight, if you know what I'm trying to say. Like, it's not crooked, yeah. it's not, it's just really nice and clean. And that, for some reason, that stood out for me as well. And that's the reason. I mean, Dan Moore, as I've said uh, before, you could probably pick 99% of any of these pages from this book, and we could talk about them because they're so good. But I really like um, Elaine, Mary, Nimrod. I think she's cool. Um, Nimrod. Just, just get to where you're going <laughs> quick, quickly. It's that an X-Men villain, Nimrod. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> this this page was a really important page for Mary herself because this kind of, you know, after this point, it flashes back. You know, it shows the burns on her chest. It flashes back to um, when uh, she first got them and why she got them, and it was her calling Lancelot, so you know, by boiling herself essentially for uh, Lancelot to save her, um, and then have uh, the sex, the, the sex, um, have, and then have uh, the baby. Um, so yeah, it was it was cool. It was a good start to go. What happened there? And then instantly we go to a flashback. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. I just love that face there. Just yeah. the, the, the expression is just amazing. Um, we have some pages sent in this week. So we have Kevin's page. Do we have a reason for Kevin's pick? Yes, sir. Here we go. So Kev has said, here's my page pick. There it is. Uh, this is of the Green Knight uh, after he's just been shot through the stomach and he like, slices an arm off, slices someone's guts open and then just looks so menacingly in the bottom corner there. And he goes, here's my page pick. I really like the action and movement in this page and the close-up of the Green Knight's face in the last panel really shows how insane he is. Also, the colours are great. 
that's it. This is a really true. like Greg Capullo esque page for me. Uh, there's a lot. Joker who like it's Batman yeah, who loves, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah. what I'm thinking. It's 100. And it's just like, I mean, I love Greg Capullo and I love Dan Moore, mm-hmm. and they both have like their unique style. But this is like, and Greg Capullo being the more like the veteran artist, yeah. I should say. This is yeah, this is cool. Dan Moore. Let's not forget the colors. Okay. Tamra Bond villain is amazing at the color green, right? And I've really noticed this. If you read Proctor Valley Road as well, she colors for that green as well. She's really good at green. I don't know why. Um, she, this, her more she, notable color. <laughs> must be nice. Yeah, it must be she's Irish. Also yeah. really, she's also really good at light. Like he looks like the colors look like they are bright and yes. light like mm. around his neck. It looks like a light like i don't know how colorists do that but i am very impressed every time i read a comic and i see something that's meant to be a light and it looks like a light i know that's a silly little thing to be impressed by but i i really am um amy has also sent a paging shockingly um, <laughs> amy, do we have a reason for amy's page uh yes so this uh when was this about fourth issue ends what was that issue 16 i think it was maybe 17 uh king arthur is sitting on like this flowery throne and it's kind of growing through him and he's getting weaker and weaker waiting for the story to continue waiting for his story to continue and you've got merlin at the bottom doing some sort of weird blood magic um amy said the coloring is fantastic and we see how much power merlin has but not everything is going to plan king arthur looks so lost and defeated and you never think uh, that when you hear of King Arthur. So I guess she's talking about the kind of juxtaposition of um, how we depict King Arthur, like this massively awesome, strong uh, individual, you know, a ruler of a land. Um, but he's just sitting here, just limp in his throne. And um, yeah, it's really good. It fits it's good when he's rotten away. Mm. Yeah. And we have one more page from Liam, the Funky Gibbons. Did Liam uh, give a reason? Yes, he did. So this page is also from the Green Knight scene. Uh, I think this is later on, just when Rose throws like an axe into his face. And then he like you think he's down. And all of a sudden, whoosh, stands back up or sits back up saying, you know, well swung, well, whatever it was. And then um, just carries on about his day. Um, Lee said, so hard to choose a page from a book full of colourful and amazing art. I went with this one because I love Duncan's reaction to the Green Knight doing an Undertaker. Uh, bracket. <laughs> Wrestling fans will appreciate that reference. Um, and then the uh, the manacle look of the Green Knight in the end panel, uh, which mirrors the first panel of the previous page, is just brilliant. Yeah. And that was a really good scene. Um, the bar scene. I mean, what yeah. better way to start than by throwing the head of a Nazi into uh, a group of people and then going in and killing them all? I mean, who doesn't enjoy a scene like that? Yeah. Was it, it was, necessary, yeah. though? What? We, we won't know yet until we read on. But it's, it gives us an opportunity to see how Rose gets interjected into... Like, this is now a separate story for Rose. This is the story of the Green Knight. Nothing to do with King Arthur. Um, and this is the stuff I want to start getting into, like the stories that are involved in this story, I guess, um, if you wouldn't mind. No. Um, no? So anyway. Uh, <laughs> so the Green Knight, um, I won't keep you long. Uh, it's very similar to what happens in this. Um, 
uh, this this knight comes along into this kingdom uh, and um, literally goes, who wants to fight me, essentially? Uh, and everyone thinks, you know, oh, haha, very funny. And then this one guy just goes, you know what? Yeah, I'll fight you. And um, I know they say the character's name in this story, but I can't remember what it is. But Ga- Gawain or Gawain or something? Oh, Gawain. Gawain. Yeah. So, so that happens. So he goes, yeah, you know, yeah, fine, I'll do it. So he goes, okay, you're allowed to chop off my head. He was like, right, okay, fine. Um, he chops off. He goes, oh, fine, okay, chops off his head, done, right? But then the Green Knight just picks up his own head and just kind of goes, cool, all right. Um, now the kind of game has started. Um, I'll see you in a year, year and a day. And also, this all happens on New Year's Eve, which also happens in New Year's Eve in the story. Um, so that's how it's all kind of represented in this book. It's all pretty much similar, but instead of having the head chopped off, it's just a you know a head to the face, uh, an axe to the face instead, um, which was. And so, does he come back and kill the guy, or does the guy kill him again? Well, you have to tell us the rest of the story now. <laughs> It's up to you. You keep talking and I'll refresh myself. Um, when you were describing that story, all I could see was the Black Knight from Monty Python. Tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> 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 I've got the, better. <laughs> I, I googled this story as well after and I, I googled the name of the knight. And maybe I say it's not, it's not the same knight or whatever, but I didn't, okay, I didn't look at my results too much, but I think that knight is part of Arthur's round table type of thing so i don't know if mm. he's one of his knights as well maybe that's why the story is linked for this book i don't know but um if it's not linked then why is it <laughs> do you mean like why include the type of thing uh, if it's linked to arthur great if it's not i don't know i just i like it for rose i think rose is a really cool character and now we have to look forward to the next year when she is going to yep. have the return fight uh, the return battle and how is she going to cope with that because she's not going to survive that surely duncan's gonna step in isn't he He's got to. Um, Amy agrees with me. The Green Knight always reminds her of the Black Knight in Monty Python <laughs> as well. <laughs> and Connie says, don't mind me. Forgot to read it. <laughs> so, hi, Connie. Oh, Thanks Connie. for joining. But she's um, <laughs> forgot to read. She forgot to read the book. <laughs> so, obviously, we're all a fan of the art. So, we've we've gushed over Dan Moore. I mean, every time we have a Dan Moore book on, that's all we do because he's fantastic. We don't find any flaws in his artwork. So, how about the story then? Um I think we'll go with the writing as well as the sto- the overarching story because I know Phil's not a major fan of the the overall story. But how are you with the writing in the book? Yeah, um, grand. I think I think everything's quite. You know, I say Bridget has something to say for everything, and if something goes awry, she you know she kind of talks herself or talk. You know, she explains where we're going type of thing so it just moves along really nicely and smooth and fast whatever else and the whole merlin thing irked me slightly i don't really know what how to take him because again i thought merlin was a good guy and he very much is not a good guy and he's pulling the strings but he's also as he could be wrong is he doing his own thing for he's all he's playing arthur as well as playing nimois as well as playing the rest. Like, is he the one in control? If you know what I'm trying to say, he's the one scheming. He is definitely um, pulling the strings. Yeah, so like in some sense, so he's not working with Arthur or such. He's just he's there. Um, 
So I quite, I quite like Merlin, but I, uh, at the same time, I don't because I'm not. I don't think we're not meant to. If you know what I mean. But yeah, the writing wise, it, it's it's had no problems with the way it flowed. It was grand. It was just the, the some elements of the story. I could leave it, but I like the overall, you know, uh, idea and where it's going. Like I say, I was disappointed with Duncan. I, I get what you're saying in terms of like in the previous volumes, the stories allowed Duncan to do more, but I just felt like it gave him something more to do here. Like even when he's like on the dragon, he's, he, he comes across a wee, bit, a wee bit dumb, like in terms of like not really reading the situation correctly. Like, um, I forget what he said in the dragon, even Rose was taking the piss out of him. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like he was just he was a very yeah, easy he, target. It was like, uh, can you make it breathe fire? And she's like, oh yes, let me just press the breathe fire button. Yeah, like he just come across <laughs> like a bit of a yeah. I don't know, a bit of a bit of a plonker. And I don't like that because I really like Duncan. He felt yeah. almost irrelevant in this yeah. this volume. A little bit, yeah. Uh, that, that's that's the bit that bothered me the most with the writing of of him. He just he was there for the sake of being there. But he started so high in the first two volumes and then to, to basically become a sort of a B, C-list character in this volume was a little bit jarring. Um, you know, I, I never had no major issue with the writing. I know you said about Merlin. I like Merlin because he gave me the vibe of Jafar from Aladdin where he's sort of like you know, the, the magical sort of worm and he schemes behind the scenes sort of thing. You know, acting loyal, but actually not. So, yeah, strange reference, but yeah, it gave me Jafar vibes. So yeah, it was good. Scott, you've got to admire Kieran Gillen's ability to grab loads of different stories and slightly try to interweave them. He's making the story more complicated, which I, I, I feel like could make some readers frustrated at this point. But given what I've read from him in the past, like I've read all of the Wicked and the Divine, and that's a very like weavy in and outy, you know, um, tricky, complicated story. Um, but he does so well with it. Um, I have all the faith in him being able to kind of untangle these stories that he's kind of woven into this it's it's feeling very like you know a big mess a big you know, messy ball of string um but i have a lot of faith that he will do it um my you know favorite part of this was learning more about mary you know seeing a bit more you know in into her personality and her motivations and what she'll do for duncan and Percy, is that the end? No. That's his name. Galahad. Yeah, Galahad. Um, and what she'll do for both of those children, even though they're like completely different and kind of against each other. Mm. Um, and it's just kind of like where where will she go? So she's she's the main focus for me, like why I'm reading this book, because I want to see what happens to her and how she reacts to her two boys if they ever do come, you know, uh bumping heads together in the future. Um and then, yeah, it's just the the whole bringing real Arthurian stories into this book as well. And you got the dragon. That's from his own own, own story as well, from an Aesop's fable. It's called The Fox and the Dragon. Um, I'll talk about that more later if you want. And um, I'm just I'm just enjoying it. I mean, I don't care that Duncan wasn't the main focus in this. 
Um, he, you know, you can tell he will be the main focus down the line. But again, this is just a stepping stone for this story as a whole. And I think I can acknowledge that, and I am really looking forward. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. But this was a good thing. It's just given me a lot of background knowledge on all these characters and what could happen next. And I can't wait. Yeah, I agree. Like this, because we had the progression of some characters, you know, it 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 it, it gives you better groundwork, better foundation going forward, so mm -hmm. they can get more out of the overall story. I agree with that. And, you say if, if Duncan was the, the the front of the story type thing, maybe that would delay others in their progression. Um, I agree with the Mary stuff too. Like I like I really want her to kind of have that conflict because it's her two boys, but then through the, all three volumes, like the whole family are cold with one another. They're not they're not a lovely family. They're not like you know. So then is she going to be like that? Have these feelings for Duncan who she hasn't seen in I know twenty years and. She only had him because she wanted a, uh, I got what is it? I, I was. Oh, she had she, she had Duncan first, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, and then so. she wanted Galahad then to be a more perfect. Yeah, uh, whatever it was. I think as well, like possible, isn't he? He's possible. The, hmm. Yeah, I think as well, like it, it was always inevitable that the government would somehow get involved. Um, because of the previous volumes, again, with the cop, we had the, um, the the fuzz, hot fuzz, of course, coming in and getting slaughtered. I loved that page. I know, Shane, you weren't a fan, but I loved that. <laughs> oh, but, I did as well. So it was inevitable that they were going to come into it at some stage, and I like the, the way, <laughs> I like the way it was Boris. Uh, it was Boris Johnson who gets decapitated at the end. <laughs> yeah. If only. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, just, it was inevitable somewhat not predictable but like you knew it was going to happen at some point but i also think sometimes when the government agencies get involved in stories like this it's it's, it's very different you have this like this magical stuff whatever and then you have this kind of like again governmental departmental whatever and it's two different kind of takes in the story um but i did quite like that guy who uh temple smith or uh, temple moore or what was his name the main um, person, the main yeah, the, the guy who who was dried out the, at the end. Hempleton. Hempleton. Yeah, quite liked him. You know, it's like no questions, no questions, and then he's Hempleworth. Oh, Hempleworth. Yeah. Jason Hempleworth. Sir Jason Hempleworth. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I mean. So he's a knight. So hmm? he's he's Boars. Obviously, that's the that's the reference was, was he was the he was Boars. So they had Boars, Percival, and Galahad in the Grail Castle, which they needed. So I like no, that. No, 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 no. Jason Hempleworth wasn't Boars. Oh no, Boris was Boars because that I... was the closest they could get to Boars. Boris. Okay, that's what I thought, and I thought is that too obvious? No, Boars and Boris. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Okay, there, there we go. So I thought the the because they they not mentioned the three of them were in the Grail Castle. Yeah, Lancelot. No, so like they needed the three of them to be involved in the story. Okay. But they didn't need to be in the castle. Okay. Just Merlin. So wasn't that be... wasn't that Galahad, Lancelot, and Percival? Or Percival? Were they the three? No. <laughs> you only needed, like, you had. Shit. <laughs> you had. <laughs> Put you on the spot now. So it feels right. I did mention all three being together. Are they the three? 
No, it's not that they were together. It's just they existed in the story in the present time. So Balls was like the third piece of this so that, kind of puzzle. That only came to head then when he was told by the other soldier guy. Yeah. Then? Okay. Yeah. Right. That's fair. That's fair. See, I really like that. I really like the government part of it where they they know about this they know how stories work and they've been keeping it secret this whole time because if too many people know about them then everyone could get involved and then the whole world pretty much just comes to an end if everyone is just getting dragged into story after story after story because they know about it i mean and that's what's obviously coming because he does a live press um release at the end doesn't he when he takes the prime minister's head oh yeah so now everyone who was watching i mean it depends if it was on bbc it'll only get like five people but if it was on like no, sky they, news they said <laughs> it was on they said it was on multiple tv channels every channel yeah they tried to change uh, okay. the channel didn't they so it was on sky news okay. yeah so it was so get so to get at least 100 people will be involved in the next volume then <laughs> <laughs> should have put it on youtube they'd have got much more mm, nice. um, but i think that's going to be a really interesting next volume then with everyone just having the opportunity to be part of a story without even yeah. wanting to or knowing what the story is. I think like on the, that, I, I think you're right. But I also like the idea that the, and again, the first volumes, they would phone up the contact from the government and say, you know, get your police to stand back certain whatever distance. And even when the police were going to arrest them, they were called and nope, leave them be there, whatever. So like the, the, the instructions or whatever they refer, I can't remember called it. Predates everything essentially. It goes back. It goes back to medieval times. Whatever else, I, I quite like that. Stairs like that. At the same time, that there's no real reason to know. You just know it exists, and you have to obey by these kind of laws, so to speak. So yes, obviously the story they had to kind of tell the world, and obviously all you know, hell breaks loose with Arthur back in some form now. But I did quite like the idea that like they're like obeying rules that for any for no like no one has any reason other than faith. You have to have faith that these rules should be adhered to, and that's it. But now it's like, no, we have to because here's why. Here is yeah. King Arthur, here's Merlin, here's this, whatever. So it's interesting going forward, but like I say, that end of this volume sets it up perfectly mm. and gets you excited to read on. And it's, if it didn't end this way, I would struggle, I think, to it's, read on. It's now showing that like this story is so big now, it's so out of control. Like, you know, Bridget's job is to keep it contained, get rid of the threat, you know. You know, go about your day in it, and just don't tell as don't don't tell as little people as possible. But now it's just widespread. It's just cataclysmic, and you see like King Arthur in like his freezer final form from Dragon Ball, like, and he's just gone full Super Saiyan. Here he is in his full strength, and he's like, "I am here. I am your king. This is my land. You know, let's go." And it's such a great ending, but it's also like such a it's such a good cliffhanger that i'm annoyed at it you know <laughs> and it's like why just give me like give me another issue in this hardcover give me another another issue in this volume like i just wanted this one more i want to see like i don't want the next issue to be the next day mm -hmm. i want it to be like two years in the future you know and i want everyone's it to be, dealing with the stories yeah i want apocalypse you know we like We've had the once, now I want the future, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I just really hope that happens. Um, I, I, like far I, awesome. I far ahead of you read. I've not. This is it. Oh, I've not? Okay. Yeah. I've 
because I know eventually we were going to read it for this. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought you had, you had read on. So that's why I was like, he's describing what he thought at the time we read this initially. No. But yeah, right now, yeah, yeah, cool. Because I know we've said uh, with this particular. Sorry, Shane. I know we've said before right. with this particular uh, hardcover because this is quite a thick hardcover, isn't it? Compared to what's actually left of the story. Is going to be a thin one next time. You can yeah. really see why it ended here because it leaves it on the place where I will desperately want to read beyond this and get that next hardcover. And I feel like this next hardcover, regardless of how large it is, it's going to be the magnum opus of this series. I hope you know really? it's going to be that what we've been waiting for that big, yeah, here. The next hardcover, the, the next hardcover is only going to be. 12 issues because that's it the story is 30 issues long this book has got 18 12 more issues done um i don't know how true this is but i was looking on reddit like uh, a couple of weeks ago because i want i really want the next book and someone said like oh i emailed boom studios to see like when is the next deluxe book coming out for this and the reply was august 2024 so this may just be some random guy in the comments just making something up or it could be real so take that as you will um, we could be waiting another year for this deluxe to come out. It may be sooner. Who knows? So now that you know that, are you going to wait till next year? Yeah. Or do you want to buy like the trade paperbacks no, to read them? I'll, no, I'll wait. Do you think it might be better reading it in that hardcover? Those full 12 issues, just hammer through those yeah. 12 issues. Oh, and you're yeah. going to enjoy yeah. that more. Yeah. It's like what you're saying. Like We're now in the final stretch. This is it. This is the finale, the, the final act. Yeah. So if you if you break it up with another volume and then like we may read volume four next week because I think it may, it may be suggested in the hard's choice who knows, and then we'll have no choice but to read it. But ideally, next year hardcover, twelve issues, bang, get it done, and uh, like I say, that's the final act like in any movie that you want to stay for the end. So yeah, look forward well, to it. Speaking of hardcovers. Highland G says, hi guys. Read this while back in hardcover. Enjoyed the story, but let's be honest and admit we bought it for Mara for Mora's art. I mean, yeah, it's kind of true, isn't it? He's the selling point. Are, yeah, most people are going to pick this up just for the art. But Amy does say um, she's read the whole thing and you need to read on to find out it is class. Ooh. So Amy approves of the next 12 issues of this. So we will have to read it at some point. Um, it is Herd's Choice next week, so if you are listening along or watching along live, you can pop your choice in the chat and we will add it to the wheel and hopefully pick it and we will read it for next week. And you don't have to pick a sequel. It would be nice to continue this sequel's wave, but if you have a completely different book you want us to read, pop it in and we will put it on the wheel and we might be able to read your choice. Um, since we have to do that, shall we get to the final thoughts and scores now? And then that will give us time to do the wheel before we leave, yes? So if you've read along, please pop your scores in the chat and we will obviously add them to ours so we can get an overall total for this book, as we always do. Um, Martin, would you like to go first on this one? Yeah, go on. Um, I'll try and keep it short because obviously we need to do those choices. But I did enjoy this arc, um, despite a few issues that we have raised throughout the discussion. Um I think this particular story suffers from something that we've brought up before is that when you release these books in these deluxe hardcovers, I feel like that's the format to read it. And I, still, I feel like this story would benefit more and get a higher score from me personally if it was read in one big, long 18-issue read. 
But when you break it down into volumes, you can't help but nitpick on the little things that you do notice. Um, but for me, uh, the artwork, I won't spend too much time on that. Fantastic as always. Dan Mora knocks it out of the park every time, no matter what he does. The story was well written. I did enjoy it. it did, I don't mind having this sort of story-based filler as opposed to the action. You've got to have that with a story with the depth, the lore, of, you know, what you get. Um, I'm not going to score it. I was going to go lower than what I scored volume two, but you know what? After our discussion, I'm going to give it the same as what I gave volume two. So I'm going to go in at a seven. Seven. Nice. Phil? Um... So, I've actually raised my score slightly from where I written down because you have. And it only you took know, us forty. So it only took us forty-three minutes instead of fifty-three. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't go back down again. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I did like it, and I'll be honest, I can't even remember when I scored one and two. Um, I know the score for volume one was lower, and I was people were shocked at it, but it was. Um, I can't remember what it was. I did like this story, and I think what's the way Scott was trying to explain, like you're getting more from other characters that are laying the groundwork for the, the final the final run, you know, the final story and how things are going to wrap up, and that is true. Like For for runs that are 30 issues, you kind of need that. You can't just keep going as, as you are, so to speak, because then at some point you're going to run out of ideas and won't finish strongly. So I think this arc of this volume has built it up so it will finish strongly. We just hope it delivers. Um, the art is, as the Highland G mentioned, like if you like the story, that's that's grand. But the art will always be a bit more superior than the story in my mind. Um, that's not a knock on the story. I think it's just saying that Dan Moore's art's fantastic. Uh, I really enjoy it. Re- really like Bridget. Really like Rose. Conflicted with Mary and Elaine and Nimoa, but I'm getting there with her. I want to see what she does. I'm intrigued by it. This art left it up the to look forward to it. So I was 6.5, but I'm going to, I'm going to go up to a 7. I think a 7 is okay. I think, a, I think nice. a 7 is a fair score. Yeah, I'm with yes. you there. Sounds a lot better than 6.5. Um, Scott? <sighs> what what else new can I say, to be honest? Um, again, like, I, I don't believe in the fact that, like, action is like the be all and end all of a good story i mean we've read plenty of stuff and i've read plenty of stuff like off the hood you know like many deaths of layla star nothing action in there one of my favorite books ever you know like so i can't like rate it on that like this was just this kept me engaged i don't do history okay i don't care about this kind of stuff but this story makes me so interested that i wanted to google and learn about Arthurian legends, are you know, Arthurian myths. There's something there. There's something really attractive and gripping about this story, and these characters are amazing. The art makes it even more impactful and eye-catching and attractive. And, um, you know, yeah, it's a totally different vibe to the other two volumes. I think action-wise, volume two is still my favorite with Beowulf and stuff like that. That was amazing. Um, but this is just a totally different thing. But I think it's still... If you consider all of the different aspects that make a book a book, a story a story, then it still like levels out, in my opinion, to volume two just for different reasons. Um, so, uh, for me, like yeah, like I said, this is a story that's been close to my heart since the very t- first time I started reading books. Um, it's an eight point five. Nice. 
Um, we'll give the chat a few more minutes to put their scores in and their picks for next week. So um, for me, I mean, flawless art, amazing world building, great characters. It's everything I want in a book. Um, I I have so much goodwill. This book, this is volumes one, gave me like just so much goodwill for this whole title that I'm probably scoring this based on that goodwill as well because I did... I didn't have as much fun reading this as I did the first two volumes, but it, that's not that's not saying it's a bad book. It's not. It just means volumes one and two were better. That doesn't mean this is bad. It just means I liked one and two better. That's all I'm saying. So I don't want that to come across as a negative. But this is a great world that I really want to continue reading. And then when it finishes after issue 30 and they do the young adventures or the misadventures of Bridget, of Miss Bridget, I will gladly read on because I want to see what she was like as a teenager or 20-something. I want to see that. Um, so for me, I'm going to give this a 7.5. Nice. Thank you. Okay. We have some scores in the chat, do we not? Yes, we do. Do you want to go through one? Um, how far back do I have to go today? Okay, that's fine. I've got them all. I've got them all. <laughs> Sorry, I went. I didn't go far enough back in the chat. Okay, okay, I know, I know. Um, right. Uh, so we had uh, we had the provisional score from Amy right at the very beginning. And she said this is a ten, but now she's actually had to think about it, and she said eight point five. Okay, um, <laughs> she said my actual score for this is an eight point five. Um, at the very beginning, we had a comment from Ozzy Aaron. Uh, he's given us his herd's choice, and he given us his. He's given us his score. He says, my score for this week's book is an easy eight. Dan's art uh, is amazing and the story too. Um, then we've also had, da -da -da, we had a seven out of 10 from Highland G. Thank you very much. We had a 7.5 from Kev and we had um, an eight out of 10 from Liam. He just says, uh, eight out of 10 for me, there's not much else I can say that Scott didn't. He's my best friend. Of course, we think exactly the same about all of the things. Um, so, and it wasn't Phil's choice, so he scored it fairly big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, with all of those scores in mind, that gives the herd's average seven point eight. Okay, awesome. so we're already above Once and Future Volume Two and seven point three. Add that, add that 7.8 to Phil 7, Shane 7.5, my 8.5, and Martin's uh, 7. Seven. That gives us a total of 7.6. So there we go. Where does it go on the leaderboard? Let's have a look. Is it top 10? No. 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 Not top 10. To beat the top 10, I need to get an 8 or higher. Thanos wins is 8 out of 10. So where's it going to go in the rest of the leaderboard? What did I say? 7.6. Ooh, our first 7.6 of the whole season. So this goes at ninth place between self-storage and Batman TMNT. Nice. Nice, nice. So right. technically still top 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I have also done some other maths, okay, to see where this goes on the sequels leaderboard. Okay, so... Considering Volume 1 had 6.6, .6, Volume 2 had 7.3, combining all those scores together with the score we've had today, this 
So before today, Once in the Future was a 7.2. Uh, sorry, oh, I've just spoiled it. It's a 7.2. Once in the Future, before this, the first 12 volumes was 7 out of 10. So it's now gone up to 7.2. So on the, on the sequels leaderboard, Ooh. it matches Monstrous and I Hate Fairyland. So Monstrous issues 1 to 12 and I Hate Fairyland 1 to 10. We now have Once in Future 1 to 18 coming in at 7.2. There we go. Nice. And there's the rest of the leaderboard as well. There we go. Awesome. Now, is it time for the herds pick? Shall we see who has suggested a book, what they've suggested, and what we're going to read for next week? Yes, sir. You keep talking while I set this up because I will read out. While you do that, I shall read yeah. out what we have picked. So we have um, Ozzy Aaron has said, I can't watch live again, but I do want to add my pick for next week's, again, Superman, Batman, Volume 2, Supergirl of Krypton, please. Also his score, which we've had. Um, Amy, her choice for next week is Volume 4, I'm guessing, Once in Future, or is, that, or is there a book called Volume 4 that I haven't heard of? <laughs> <laughs> I think she likes Once in Future, it might be that. A little bit. Uh, Tottenham Gaming, his herd's choice is Punisher, King of Killers, book one. So not a sequel, but that's on the lead. That's going to be on there. Um, herd's choice from Liam will be Friday, book two. Not only a sequel, but a sequel to his last herd's choice. So Whoa. a double sequel from <laughs> <laughs> And Highland G's choice is um, It's a Bird by Seagull. Um, nice. That's been on the list quite a few times. He wants that. He, he really, really does. So fingers yeah. crossed. It's been on there for ages. Let's see. So, right. So I will say that Ma Martin picked one. Um, because oh, Martin yeah. doesn't have his own picks for this season since he joined us, we allowed him to have a pick for for, for Herd's Choice. And he's picked Something's Killing the Children, Volume 3, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Let's, see if we, let's see how it goes. Here we go. Okay, so I've shuffled it five times. We've got everyone's name in, and we got Martin's as well. Here we go. Good luck. Something good. Something good. Something good. Got lots on here that's good. Oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You just saw me shuffle it as well. I just shuffled it five times as always, and it's landed on Amy with Once in Future Volume 4. So we're going straight in next week. This will help this sequel's leaderboard, won't it? <laughs> or, well, we don't know. It might make it worse. <laughs> Scott yeah. might put it in the top 10 like, for next week and then take it off again. The week after, you know? <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. But there we go. <laughs> wow. Um, perfect. The last time Amy was on Hood's Choice was our very first ever Hood's Choice. Um, yes. Saga, wasn't it? Yeah, Saga Volume 1. Yeah. yeah, so now she's coming on again. Hopefully, hopefully she comes on again with Once in Future Volume Four. Wow! Um, don't worry, boys. I'll deliver her um, book, her her bookmark and her sticker and stuff like that. Um, so do, I, you know, I, I'll, yeah, I'll cover the ship in. Don't worry about that. It's, <laughs> it, 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 it won't. It won't be far. Um, but yeah, there we go. Nice one. But yes, that was volume three of Once and Future. My pick, mm -hmm. I pick that because I love volume one and two so much. And next week we'll be reading volume four, which is awesome. But coming up on the Nerd Herd channel this week, tomorrow we have Kev's Draw Along and he's going to be showing us how to draw Aquaman. And I, he's got a little snorkel. Oh my God, it's so adorable. 
<laughs> That's we, awesome. We still need a video on those chibis. I just, I just love his little character every single yeah. week. It's amazing. And on Friday, uh, what time is it, Phil? You'll be doing What's All the Omnifus about then? I, I will be. It'll be 9pm. Um, that's the start time. Because um, a friend of the channel, Pete, um, has a, a live stream every single night, it seems. So I'm trying to arrange it around him. So at 9pm start, we're with Martin will be joining me. Highland G, I think, is hopefully joining me as well. And um, we're just going to talk about collected editions, hardcovers, and also, like, I want to focus on DC and the DCU and what books we could, we could hopefully uh might see in the big screen going forward so any suggestions let, let me know and I'll, I'll talk about them in the show too that's that's right absolutely send you a list over um amy is super excited that we picked her book she says she'll be she will be there and she Amazing. says she's getting it into the top 10 so she's coming prepared she's got high hopes for volume four next week so i we hope my prediction is true i hope it is in the future not 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 far future but i hope it i hope we get there you watch it's just going to be like six hours later and the problem is solved yeah. because yeah. it's like and no yeah. one remembers what happened it'll just be it like an amnesia thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be like that's a one yeah <laughs> stupid book <laughs> but yes thank you all for joining i really do appreciate it if you're listening along on the podcast if you ever listen on the podcast and you want to send a page in, or if you want to send a suggestion in, you can always do that and we can add it to the next herd choice along the way and we can maybe get a podcast listener to pop on and join us one time someone who maybe can't join us live we might be able to get something from that but until then there's only one more thing to do is that right have i done everything scott have i remembered everything yes sir just, yes, just yeah. double check i've remembered everything okay <laughs> think, think, yeah. think, think, everyone's free to get their waves out <laughs> bye bye everyone <laughs> love you